the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is God going to severely judge people that don't follow him? Absolutely. Is God going to bless you just because you're a Christian? Uh, depending on how you're living. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. We're going to find our text in 2 Samuel, Old Testament, chapter 10. And I entitled this message, Watch Who You Listen To. Have you ever listened to a fool? It's like a fool is defined in a dictionary as one who is deficient or lacking in judgment. He's lacking in sense or he's lacking in understanding. It's one who acts, well, unwisely. Not only have most of us listened to someone like this before, if we were honest with ourselves, most of us have also said some pretty foolish things at times. And speaking for myself, not only have I uh, said some pretty foolish things, I've also made some pretty foolish decisions in my life. And speaking of saying foolish things. It was Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, that said this quote, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. Yes, end quote. Uh, Some have obviously not heeded President Lincoln's counsel. It was Plato that said, wise people talk because they have something to say. Fools talk because they have to say something. It's like, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I'm not sure what was more foolish when Burger King, the Burger King chain, came out with the left-handed Whopper in 1998. For the 32 million left-handed Americans that eat hamburgers. Or, so were they more foolish in coming out with a left-handed Whopper? Or were the people that were coming in that were left-handed saying, I want to order a left-handed Whopper? This is why it's been said, quote, a common mistake that people make when trying to design something completely foolproof is to underestimate the ingenuity of complete fools. But as an atheist was sitting next to a Christian on an airplane, he said to the Christian, you know, You Christians are really lucky. You have Christmas and Easter to celebrate. Us atheists have nothing. But that's when the guy in the next row back leaned forward and he said, Oh, no, you atheists have your holiday. It's April Fool's Day. (sighs) Maybe he was referring to when God said in Psalm 14.1, Only the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Yes, in life, there are a lot of Foolish things said, a lot of foolish things that have been done. 
But woe to the person who heeds to the voice of a fool. And that's our backdrop as we look at a neighboring king of Israel who dies. And his foolish son takes over. Well, let's look at our point, the voice of the foolish. As we read together, starting in 2 Samuel chapter 10, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, Now it happened afterwards that the king of the Ammonites died, and Hanan, his son, became king in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent some of his servants to console him concerning his father. But when David's servants came to the land of the Ammonites, the princes of the Ammonites said to Hanan, their lord, do you think that David is honoring your father because he has sent consolers to you? Has David not sent his servants to you in order to search the city, to spy it out and overthrow it? So Hanan uh, took David's servants, shaved off half their beards, and cut off their garments in the middle as far as their hips, and he sent them away. And when they told it to David, he sent to meet them, uh, and for the men were greatly humiliated. And the king said, stay at Jericho until your beards grow, and then return. Okay, we have a really bizarre situation happening here. You know, this is, well, you could say a disaster in the making. It's like David hears of this young man's father dying. Now, David obviously had relationship with this young man's dad. So he sends a group of men to console this young man. It was a nice gesture. And though, again, there's not a whole bunch recorded about this relationship that David had with Nahash, the king who passed away, uh, Nahash obviously had shown, you know, compassion to David. Uh, and he points this out. So, you know, all we know is that Nahash was an enemy of King Saul. That's recorded back in 1 Samuel chapter 11. Now, Saul had gone to war and defeated him, and it's one of the only times that Saul truly obeyed the Lord. But maybe when David was on the run running from Saul, who was trying to kill him because he was jealous of him. You know, maybe he ran to Nahash, and and that's when he became friends with him. And as it says here in the scripture, he had showed kindness to David. So somehow there was a link there, and and so David was trying to pay this nice gesture back to his son for losing his father. And again, maybe it was just that Nahash helped hide David from Saul, you know, since Nahash hated King Saul. Well, again, we don't know all the details, but it must have been something like that. So David, again, he sends this peaceful delegation to Hanan, uh, you know, but instead of receiving David's kindness, he listened to the voice of fools. It said in verse 3 that the princes of the Ammonites said, hey, Hannah, you know, David doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your dad dying. He's really just sending these men as spies. 
He wants to come over and conquer the land. He wants to overthrow us. Well, who in the world are these princes that he's listening to? I wonder if they were not just a bunch of pure friends of Hanan that were just telling him whatever he wanted to hear. People that he gravitated to, riffraff of a sort. Maybe they were just party animals around him. You know, uh, this also happened to a future king uh, in Israel. It was King David's grandson. After Solomon had passed away, it was Solomon's son, and his name was Rehoboam. And when he became king, all the elder statesmen, these are the men that came down from David and then down through his son Solomon, and now here you have all this whole host of wisdom of men that followed and served under Solomon's rule. And they came to Rehoboam, and they said to him, you know, they said in 1 Kings twelve seven, they said, if you will be a servant to these people of God, they will serve you. If you grant them their petitions and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. So here you have all the elder statesmen that served under his dad, Solomon, that had come down through serving through David. And it's like, so they're coming to Rehoboam. Hey, listen, your dad's gone. Look, all you got to do is just keep the ball rolling here. Just keep the ball rolling. Just, 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 just be nice to the people and they will serve you forever. That was wise and solid counsel to this young king in Israel. And you would think that Rehoboam would have listened to it, but he was nothing like his father, Solomon or his grandfather, David. For when David died and passed on to the kingdom to his son, Solomon, do you remember what Solomon did? See, Solomon recognized that his dad, David, was a national hero, that his father, David, was was bigger than life. How in the world was he going to fill his own father's shoes without failing? David was the man, after God's own heart, as you know. He was the giant slayer. Yes, he killed Goliath the giant, the one who brought peace to Israel. David was the one that conquered all of their enemies. He made Jerusalem their capital. And David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the people of God. Yes, David was the man. And Solomon, now him becoming king after his father David, he was completely and totally overwhelmed, to say the least. And when he became king, all he could think was, is how in the world am I going to rule the people of God? So he fell on his face before the Lord. And he said in 1 Kings 3.7, he says, O Lord, my God. Thou has made thy servant. You've made me king in the place of my father, David. I think it's a big mistake. He says, yet I am but a little child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. I don't know how to do this. He goes on to say in verse 9, So give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now, what we have to understand is God had come to him and he said, hey, I'll give you whatever you want. 
you know what? I want to answer your prayer. It's like having the, you know, the genie comes out of the little lantern thing, you know, and you're like, hey, you get three wishes. No, you don't get three wishes. You get one wish. You know, it's like, can I make my one wish three more wishes? No, you can't. Just one wish. But God, imagine God coming to you and saying, I give you a wish. What would you, what would you want? What would you ask for? I mean, you're just thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, well, when the Powerball lottery, isn't it up to like 500 million now? So how about that? So what would you wish for if God came to you and said, I'll give you whatever you want? But that's basically what he said to Solomon. And Solomon's like, you know, God, it's like, well, you know what I need? I'll tell you what I really need. What my real heartfelt need is right now is I need your wisdom to rule over your people. These are a great people. You're a great God. How in the world can I do this? My father was a great king. I'm just a kid. I don't know what to do. I need wisdom to rule your people. That's what his wish was. Wow. Wow. Solomon was humble. He humbled himself before God. He recognized that no man could ever govern God's people in their own strength. But listen now how God responded to Solomon's heartfelt prayer. You know, it says in 1 Kings 3.11, it says, because you have asked this thing, God said to him, and have not asked for yourself for long life. Yeah, Lord, can I live till I'm 500 years old? You've not asked for riches for yourself. Yes, I want the Powerball lottery. No, you didn't ask for those things, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies. But you have asked for yourself discernment and to understand justice. He says, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, this is God speaking. This is the one that can, that can make it happen. I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one be like and arise after you. Think about that. You're the wisest man On planet Earth, there will never be another guy like you, ever, and there never has been. He says, and I have also given you what you have not asked for. I'm giving you riches and honor so that there will not be any among the kings like you all of your days. Wow. See, I think this is where, I think Christians miss this. I think we're always so looking out for the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. I think we miss the fact that we're always asking for us, Lord, I need this and I need this and I need this. Instead of like, Lord, how can I serve you better? How can I be who you want me to be? And see, when we put others first, God makes all of our things happen. He blesses us. He blesses what we do. You know, we we put our finances before the Lord and we just say, well, Lord, I'm just going to give, you know, everything's yours and I'm just going to give to you freely with a whole heart. It's like, you, then you learn, like, I cannot give God because he keeps blessing you back because you keep giving to him freely. See, everything we do, when we put the Lord first, he always takes care of us. But when we're a little stingy and we're a little, mm, you know, it's going to be my way or the highway. It's just, it's all what I want. Me, 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 me. Then we find ourselves what? Always coveting something else. I, I never quite have enough. It's always about me, but I never have enough. It's always about me. I'm never satisfied. It's always about me. And it's like when we put the Lord first and we put his desires first, then the first thing we find out is, well, I'm so busy serving the Lord. I don't have time to think about me. And all of a sudden, 
I have more than what I need. See, we miss that, I think, as Christians. And we really need to think about what our priorities are before the Lord. So God gave Solomon way more than he asked for. Again, why? Because he asked for what was right in the first place. He put himself on the back burner. I want to do what's right. I wonder how much God desires to really bless you and me if we would only get our eyes off of ourselves and truly seek God's will. Remember, the Bible says, if anyone wishes to come after me, Jesus speaking, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. Because what does a man profit if you were to gain the whole world, but yet forfeit or lose your own soul? So I wonder how much God really wants to, to bless us. For not only us, but those around us through us. But that was not the case with Solomon's son, Rehoboam. His grandfather was the man after God's own heart. His dad, Solomon, was the wisest and richest man that had ever lived. And all the elder statesmen asked him to do, all they asked him to do was just serve the people. But that's not what Rehoboam did. The Bible says that he forsook the advice of the elders and he listened to all of his friends that were his age. And they said to him, hey, forget those old goats. What are you going to listen to those old goats for? You're the king now. You rule these people with an iron fist. Oh, how many times people will forsake the counsel that God gives us in his word. And instead, they will listen to the media, social media, things that are around us, progressive Christianity. Listen to all those things. Why? Because they tickle our ears. They sound good. It all sounds good. They will listen to what our culture says is right and wrong instead of what God says is right and wrong. People will come up to me or one of the pastors here at Core Church, even those who are seasoned in the Word of God, and they will ask us what they should do in a certain situation, you know, and, you know, to the many questions and things that we face in life. And we'll give them biblical counsel, meaning... We tell them what the Bible says. Yet, sometimes, that's not what they wanted to hear. And they forsake that counsel. As they do whatever they actually wanted to do in the first place. It's kind of like, why did you even ask them? This isn't what you wanted to hear, so therefore, you're not going to receive it. See, one thing that you can do as a Christian, if you ask enough people, you're going to eventually hear what you want to hear. So you go to a pastor. What do you think about this? They tell you what the Bible says. Eh, I don't want to. Eh, that's not what I want to do. Then you go to another pastor. You know, they tell you what the Bible says. Eh, that's not what I want to hear. Then you go to another pastor. He tells you what you want to hear because he wants you in his church and he wants you to sit in one of his seats and he wants you to put in his offering bag when it comes by. And it's like, so he tells you what you want to hear. And you're like, oh, I love this guy. You know, he just tells me what I want to hear. That's what the Bible says the church will be so messed up in the last days. Why? Because people will gather for themselves teachers in accordance to what they want to hear. What tickles my ears? Tell me what I want. Why is one of the biggest churches, uh, Joel Osteen, he's like the biggest church in the United States, when he barely teaches anything biblical? It's like, why is that? Because he's telling you what you want to hear. You're a champion. 
You're wonderful. You're great. And no matter what you do, God's going to bless you. And it's like, uh, well, hold on. Okay. Uh, does God love everyone? Absolutely. Is God going to severely judge people that don't follow him? Absolutely. Is God going to bless you just because you're a Christian? Uh, maybe, maybe not, depending on how you're living. You can't just put this broad brush out there. You're a child of God. You're a champion. God's going to bless you. Everything's going to go. Listen, if you're a Christian and you're not living godly and you're living in sin, God's not going to bless you. People don't want to hear that. They would rather hear, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm a champion. Tell me everything's going to be great. See, that's what people want to hear. So they gather for themselves those who tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. But that's not what God says. So be careful. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 9, do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. The way of the fool is right in his eyes, okay? But a wise man, a wise woman is he who listens to counsel. What does the Bible say? So you have a situation. What does the Bible say? You have a situation in your home. What does the Bible say? You have a situation with your children. What does the Bible say? I remember, you know, raising my kids. Now, you might think I'm an ogre. You might think I'm the meanest man alive. But I would not allow my kids to do things that were wrong. When they were living under my roof, I would not allow them to do things that were wrong. We never charged our kids rent. We never charged them for food or anything like that. But we did want to start weaning them off of us because we wanted them to learn what? Responsibility. Were we doing it because we hated them? No, absolutely not. We did it because we loved them. Because that's why the Bible says if you don't discipline your children, you hate them. We don't hate our children. We love them. So, so we started disciplining them. So we just started saying like, look, okay, now you're 18 years old. You have to have a job. Okay. So they all work. My kids, but when they're 18 years old, they're working. Okay. You're, you're able body work. Okay. So we wanted them to start getting into a culture and society so they could supply their own needs and they wouldn't be dependent on us for the rest of their life. So uh, that's why we don't have kids that are 40 years old still living in our house. Okay. But anyway, so we sit there, okay, you have to work. So now at 18 years old, it's like, yes, we'll supply the toilet paper. (laughs) We'll supply the food in the refrigerator. You don't have to pay anything for rent. You don't have to pay any of the electric bill, but you do have to buy your own clothes now. You have to buy your own shoes. And I had girls, so, you know, my three older girls, you know, uh, and my son, of course. But the girls, you know, it's like you have to buy your own makeup. You have to buy your cleanser. Oh, Dad, I can only use Clinique for my face. It's like, you know, I think a bar of soap works good. No, no, no. I have to have the $35 bottle of Clinique, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, good. You go buy it yourself. So anyway, but uh, so, you know, they had to buy all their shampoo, all their, you know, underarm deodorant, you know, all the, you know, stuff that it took to keep their little pretty bodies all smelling pretty. They had to buy all of that stuff. And so we, we made them buy their toiletries and things, you know, just because, again, we wanted them to understand that there's responsibility in life. But but my one daughter says so she's going out the door and she's got this little cut thing on my mind. My wife's like, you're not going out of the house like that. I buy my own clothes now. I can do whatever I want. Well, hey, listen, when you move out of here and you have your own home, you know, then you're no longer under our rules because you're not under our roof. You can dress, I guess, however you feel 
it's okay with the Lord. But while you're under my house, it says in Joshua that as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord and you are not wearing that. So she had to go back in and change and then she left, you know. Now, granted, you know, she was 21. I mean, she could have put the top in her purse and then changed it again. Who knows? But at least under our watch, we were setting the rules, again, not because we hated them, but because we loved them. And that's why we did that, you know. And so, again, we have to be careful that we listen to counsel. And parents, like, if we're not raising up our children in the way of the Lord, who else is going to? Like, who else is going to make that stand? Do you think this culture cares about our kids? Do you think they care about anything? You have all these young people committing suicide now. Do you think anyone cares about them? But it's like, as long as they're in our house, that's our opportunity to raise them in the way of the Lord. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.